Hi everyone and welcome to the Food Movies Podcast, the podcast where we uh, investigate the intersection between food and movies. Paul is the host who cannot get it together today, so I I did the intro. And um, Paul, what movie are we doing today? We are doing a movie that is about right now, this point in history, Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness. Just FYI, this is a new movie, so there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, then come back and watch us. Um, or, Absolutely. Or just watch us and, and, you know, we'll just tell you what happens, food-wise at least. Um, but yeah, we're basically, uh, we're going to go through... Paul, why don't you do the format? You're better at the format than I am. So the format <laughs> is this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we Again, we are investigating the intersection between food and movies, but this is basically movie reviews via the medium of food so it's absurdist food uh, it's absurdist film criticism with food yeah uh we int- we start the podcast off with our initial thoughts then we go through the movie and and dissect the individual instances of food we go on tangents we go deep when we shouldn't we tell jokes and uh we try to entertain and also inform and at the end of the podcast we give our food awards so it's half entertainment, half food criticism, and, you know, a lot of self-indulgent uh, conversation with me and Jared. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, today is January 1st, 2023. Let's get a few things off the table. What were your thoughts of 2022, uh, movie, food-wise, and life-wise? And also, what are your hopes for 2023? I think in uh, movie-wise, in 2022... We see, we're starting to see people get tired of the like cinematic universe type movies like the Marvels and the Star Wars. Like I think we've reached peak that. This is my prediction. We've reached mm-hmm. peak that. And all of a sudden you're starting to see a lot more movies come out that are um, a little bit more a deeper, like a little bit more interesting. But we've been in a bit of a dead zone for a while with regards to movies. I think cinema has kind of been... Uh, just coasting for a little while. Uh, the pandemic yep. probably playing a role in that. And also the fact that people aren't... I went to a movie the other day and the theater was pretty much empty. Now that movie was Babylon. It was a terrible movie. So um, that was probably part of the reason why everyone was over and watching Avatar or whatever. Um, yeah. But I was but, over watching Avatar. Yeah, I kind of regret not watching Avatar, even though I'm like... I, I could take or leave Avatar. I think it would have been a much more fulfilling three hours um, mm-hmm. than, than Babylon. But uh, that being said, I think that movies like Babylon, which for all intents and purposes, it meant well. It just wasn't, it just was poorly executed. Um, oh. Are starting to come back, like are starting to come back. Movies with a little bit of craft, movie with a little bit of story. Um, I mean, Babylon is kind of a redo of that Tarantino once upon a time in Hollywood, but at a different point in time in Hollywood and just not, but we're not here to talk about that movie. Um, So 2023, my hopes film-wise are that we're going to start to see a lot more uh, movies like the movie we're talking about today. Movies that have a bit of substance, a a bit of story, that maybe make a, a statement, that make you think, but also can have, you know be funny or, uh, you know, interesting or have some good action. Like, it for for all what it was, Maverick, 
was, you know, a popcorn flick, but it had good action. Like, yes, it did. We've lost that somewhere. The, Maverick is a great example of what 2022 has started to do for movies and what I'm hoping for 2023. We lost a lot of movie magic. And I think now there are things that are like slowly trying to bring that back. Um, food wise, 2022, I, I would say it was okay. I, I, I didn't travel much, so I didn't go to many like interesting restaurants around the world or anything. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if, I, it was fine. Food wise. How about you? Well, what was your, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> favorite movie of 2022, favorite food experience or dish of 2022. Okay. Um, Think about that for a second. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Uh, favorite movie of 2022. I gotta say Maverick. Maverick yeah, I was I was literally about to say that. Yeah, I think Maverick was my favorite movie that I saw in 2022. Food wise, I was in California, and I went to a restaurant. The name escapes me now. I'm put on the spot, but mm-hmm. uh, I went to a restaurant downtown. It was pretty good, and they did a nice tasting menu. So I thought, yeah. That would probably be it. The meal that stood out, they did uh, a scallop with some sort of caviar shenanigans going on, which I thought was quite good. Oh, I love caviar and shenanigans. Yeah. You put those two things together. Always an overpriced good time. Yeah. I've never had caviar. What does it taste like? Is it savory? What are we talking about? It's salty. It's briny. Like it tastes like the ocean. <clears throat> um, okay. Have you ever had, do you eat sushi? I, I do. Yeah, you know the little orange. The row? Ball? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cap. That's caviar. Um, it's okay. like that. It's like that, but it's okay. a lot. The black caviar, like the sturgeon caviar, is a lot more. Uh, yeah, it comes in like the shoe polish container. Yeah, gotta, that's like yeah. eight, like a hundred bucks for like a shoe polish container. Yeah. Um, it's absurd, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it tastes like that, like salmon roe, but it's a little bit more like salty, a little bit more pronounced it's rich it's can can be almost people describe it as buttery Um, i like buttery yeah it's good if you if you like it it's good what about sea urchin have you had sea urchin yeah the sushi like the yellow thing i've had it yeah that's okay i i I came around to that more recently i used to just be like "I, i don't care but it's pretty good what about you 2022 Best food moment of 2022, I think it's got to be, and I've been eating a lot of my mom's Indian food and just, because I've been I've been away for a while, I've been away, I've been in Toronto for like 14 years, so I've been away from my mom's cooking for a long time, and when I was a kid, I was a picky eater, so I didn't eat her cooking a lot, I used to eat like cheese sandwiches and stuff, but I've been having a great time eating her food, like it's so delicious, yeah. and it's vegetarian for the most part. Yeah. And I mean, she makes this, she makes this uh, eggplant dish called uh, Bangin Bartha. That's the actual name. It's Bangin Bartha. It's like, it's a ba- translation. Bangin Bertha? Yeah. Bartha. Right. Yeah. Bartha. But it, it's eggplant and it looks not very appetizing. Like it looks not great. But yeah. then you eat it and it's just, it's complex. It's sweet. It's savory. It's got, it's spicy. And it's like, it's got that great buttery uh, texture to it. But it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, I don't want to eat that. That looks not good. You know? Yeah. yeah. But then you eat it and you're like, whoa, this is fantastic. Um, so yeah, I would say my mom's, uh, my mom's eggplant would be one. Okay. And uh, my own, on, on a personal level, 
I made a YouTube video where I made an egg salad sandwich out of David Fincher's career. Yeah. Cinnamon sandwiches. Head Cinnamon over there. Sandwiches. Watch yeah. it now. YouTube the Fincher channel. egg salad is, is classic. I ate that thing for two weeks straight for lunch. I you loved just kept, it. you kept making it. I kept making it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, that's a lot of mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was tremendous. I loved it. I probably like uh, raised my LDL by a couple points that week. <laughs> But uh, sometimes you just got to do that, man. Um, yeah, for the sake of uh, sandwiches and cinema. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, 2022, I think you're right about... Well, I, I have this theory uh, about filmmaking and just life in general in that, um, you know, every year, every generation, things get better, people get smarter, the generation gets more sophisticated. And I think in filmmaking, the same thing kind of happens. And I think that a seminal one was Inception, Chris Nolan's Inception. Okay. And it's a good barometer of what audiences will tolerate as far as complexity. So when Inception came out, I thought to myself, this is the most complex you can make a mainstream movie while still not alienating an audience. Right. A mainstream audience. Like, this is the most complex you could possibly get. So I created a Nolan scale, and Inception was like 100 Nolans. Right. Anything more than that, and the audience starts getting confused, and it's not, and, and, it's, and it will, the movie will, experience will fall apart. And I think that Tenet was 120 Nolans. Yeah, it went, it went too, too far. far. Yeah. 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 But also, I used a Nolan scale to rate other movies as far as complexity goes. Okay. Yeah, and the way Nolan's, the Nolan scale works is that when Inception came out, it was 100 Nolans, com complexity. But then everyone watches it and everyone gets smarter having watched it. Because right. now we know, oh, we can do that. And now everyone, especially in the industry, everyone sees it and like, oh, okay. So it raises everyone's game, makes everyone smarter. The, the audience smart, gets smarter. The people making the movies get smarter. So movies after that get more complex and we're able to tolerate more complexity and um, in, in the in the theater going experience. And so I think what you're saying is right. I think when you watch older movies, mainstream movies, they kind of look dumb. The plots are pretty simple, you know. And so now I think we're we're, we're getting to what you're talking about. We're, the audience is evolving to the point where you can't really make just paint by numbers movies anymore. It, we, right. They're just they're just too simple, you know. Yeah. Which is where this movie comes in, Triangle of Sadness. Very complex, very layered movie, I thought. Yeah. Uh, but timely, all those things. Very simple storyline. Yeah. Like the yeah. storyline is a very basic storyline and it builds. So yeah. it's. No, but there's so much in it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, but that's what I liked about it. So if we're going to do general thoughts on. Are you, hmm. are you good with. Uh, so, favorite movie? Yep. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's go ahead. Yeah. We can okay. move into general thoughts about Triangle of Sadness. Uh, Okay. <laughs> but what was your favorite movie, did you say? Or Maverick? We're, we're both saying Maverick. I got to go Maverick. I got to go Maverick. Yeah. Cool, it, cool. it was awesome. Oh, no, no, no. It was not. French Dispatch. Sorry. French ah, Dispatch. yeah. French Love Dispatch. French Dispatch. French Dispatch was very good, actually. I didn't. Loved it. I Loved didn't it. Re realize that was in 2022. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So this movie, uh, Triangle of Sadness, it goes like. I was I wa so I watched it the other day when you said, "Oh, let's do this movie." So mm -hmm. I watched it and I I rented it on Apple TV or one of these. And then I immediately went to my wife and was like, "You have to watch this movie." And I watched it again. Oh, okay. Because I was like, "You you have to check this out." 
Yeah. It it's it was one of those movies where you're like immediately you want everyone around you to know about it so that you can <laughs> so that you can talk to them about it. So I'm glad yeah. we're doing this because I've been excited to talk about this movie for like 3 days now. Um I knew you'd love it. I knew you oh, would. Oh, yeah, it's totally a movie yeah. that I would dig. But it builds, right? It's a very mm-hmm. le- it starts with the t- the couple, the models. Well, it starts with the male model. And then yeah. you get Yaya, and then slowly but surely things add, and the story just gets so out of hand. Yeah. Like, it goes from a very normal, straightforward th- situation, an everyday conversation about mm-hmm. the bill or whatever, and then it just it just spirals into yeah. madness. Love it. Love yeah. it. Which is my favorite kind of movie. Um, when I write ads... I always try and make ads like that, that like mm. break out into pandemonium and they never get, they never make it through because it's just bedlam. But yep. it's, it's my favorite kind of device in film. And that's why this, this movie just made me so excited when I saw it. What about you? How did you feel about it? I loved it, man. I loved it. And and the thing that I liked about it is these Scandinavian filmmakers the ones from you know Sweden and Norway and all these, they make the we- most effed up movies. Yeah, like the on the surface, if you've ever talked to someone from Sweden or or, or Norway or, or or Finland, they they have it. They're very mundane, have a very normal kind of like nice. They're very polite, but the movies these guys make are so twisted and <laughs> weird. I, I don't know what's bubbling under the surface over there, but it always comes out cinematically. Yeah. And I just, I just thought this is a great social commentary. It's a great satire, and I love how smart it was, but at the same time, how clever it was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought, I thought this would be right up your alley. Like, oh. I, I thought, yeah, oh yeah, Jerry would love this. Perfect movie for me. And it's interesting you say that about Scandinavian film because you get that as well with uh, Japanese cinema and Korean yes. Korean cinema. Yeah. As you know, as a society, there are certain norms that are different from where we come from, even like from Canada to Japan. Um, There's certain things that are, are more repressed or, or kind of pushed down, but then you see a lot it, of repression. Yeah. Yeah. You see it come out in their, in their art and in their yep. movies and stuff. And I think, I, I don't know. I've never, I've actually never been to Scandinavia. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what their society is like. I've been to Japan. Well, well but, I'll tell you what, I was watching a, a YouTube little documentary, and apparently in Finland, small talk does not exist. Oh. You, you don't do small talk. You just talk about things that you actually have on your mind. You go right into it. You go right into it. Yeah. I I, I thought, I got to move there. I hate small talk. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. yeah. Just, just like talking about the weather or whatever. Oh, it's just the worst. It's yeah. Just the worst. Man. After God all. I, damn. And if you're not, the weird thing about our society is if you're not good at small talk, it can hold you back. Yeah, because that's the entry point to medium talk and, you know, and, and heavy talk. Re- yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. You have to prove that you can manage small talk in order to get someone to trust you. Otherwise, like, this guy's a weirdo. I don't trust him. I'm not going to advance to medium talks. So yeah. You like have if, to be very good at small talk. If you come in with, like, if you come in at, at hard talk. Oh, Oh, you're getting yeah. thrown in jail. Yeah. Like, yeah let's yeah. let's talk about threesomes. It's like what? what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't come in at that level. You got to build. No. 
Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a that's a very kind of interesting uh, version, like a, an interesting thing in our society that I just, I, I it drives me nuts sometimes because I don't. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't care half the time. Oh, like some of these parties you go to that are just, you know, uh, Be- Becky and John you know, Liebermeyer, you're going over to their dinner to watch their daughter's christening. And yeah. you ha- you're, you're surrounded with a bunch of suburban middle-class people who you've never met. And you know, like, you can't talk about anything. You can't, you just got to be like, so, uh, you know, did you take any trips this year? And the trips is a big one. You talk about yeah. where you've been, you know, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, it can be kind of maddening for, for some, for, for weirdos like me and, and yourself, actually. So, yeah, yeah. Especially with people that I don't necessarily like. Yeah, that's you know what I mean, like because you know you're forced to sorry you're forced to have these conversations with everyone because Mm -hmm. you know for the sake of being polite, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you get into a scenario where you're cornered by just like (sighs) some putts that you do not want to talk to, and in in any other scenario you would just avoid talking to said person, yeah you, you are stuck. Stuck. And no one's throwing you a lifeline because everyone else hates that person. And they're yeah. just invited for some arbitrary reason. And mm-hmm. you're and you're the one who's like that person knows your weakness. Like my weakness in that scenario is, is I can't I'm too nice to be like, Can you please leave me alone? Yeah. Um <laughs> You can't do that. I can't do that either. No, I'm too nice. So yeah, yeah. I will sit and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, Dalmatians are are yeah, that's a it's a very like inbred dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, like oh yeah, Justin Trudeau, he is ruining Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of sucks. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, I yeah. Tell you. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's getting into like medium talk is when they start in on on Trudeau or or like, yeah. and it's just like okay, yeah, all right. This well, is... I I think that here's a theory. Oh, this might be a good clip. The theory, like the best stand up comics are from North America. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's true because we spend so much time with the BS small talk yeah. that the things we really want to say, the funny truths we really want to say, we can't really say a lot of times. So the stand-up co- comedians, they make their money by mining those things we can't say. Right. Which is why I think, because there's no stand-up comedians from Sweden, from Finland, these places which have no small talk. You know? I don't, I don't I, maybe there are, I don't know. But... There are not. There are not. Okay. Yeah. You've you've done extensive research on it. <laughs> Zero stand-up com- comedians. Nothing in all the funny. Scandinavian. German, Great. none, none, none it, of that stuff. Finland, though, has the best drivers. Do they? Yeah, to get your license in Finland, it's like I thought Italy whole... had the best. I thought they had the best race car driver. Oh, regular drivers, not race car Ra- Well, race car, too. Like, some of the best Formula One drivers came have come out of Finland, I believe, yeah. And to get your license, to get your license in Finland, it's like, it's not normal. Like they do, they ha- you have to know how to drive on snow and like skid and, and they have all these like extra things that you got to do before you can drive. And so they're just the best drivers. Oh, dude, that would be a hilarious short film of like driving school in Finland. Yeah, just, yeah. Just a couple of really calm, boring people, but they're like skidding all over the road, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, peel out of the parking lot here, please. <laughs> Donut over there, please. You know? three, 360 and land in the spot. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's two wheels, up on two wheels around the turn, if you can. Yes, thank you. Okay. Finish, finish driving school. Yeah. yeah. So, 
interesting uh, to note about Scandinavia and Scandinavian film. Yeah. Um, European films in general have been, I think, the pillar of the intellectual hipster film community, of which I am the treasurer, I okay. think, at this point. Yeah. You've made it to treasurer. They've elected you treasurer. Yeah. They, yeah. They, tr- second, they, trust you with the, they trust you with the money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Well, I mean, you know, your people know about that. Everyone. Whoa. whoa. You guys. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> sorry. Too much. Too much. Easy. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Hey, we're getting there. The brown dudes are getting there, man. Hey. We're get like I think half the CEOs on the Nasdaq are, are Indian guys now. So we're giving y'all a run for your money as far as these white people trusting us. So yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. But uh, Triangle of Sadness, yeah, just just such biting satire, such incredible, just bold filmmaking. I thought, and I think yeah. that. Now that we're getting to a point where the tools of filmmaking are so affordable, right? We're gonna see films that really we're gonna see a lot of crap, which are yeah. gonna be filtered out, which yeah. they should be. But we're also gonna get these really unique voices coming up that are gonna be extremely smart and extremely innovative, which I'm I'm all for, man. I I, I want to see it. Like this guy, I was about to watch his other film today, but I ran out of time. But I I can't wait to watch his other films. I mean, this is a real this is a real deal here. Here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like it, it's it's everything you want in a in a dark comedy. Yeah, like it's everything. Every it, it, it was almost orchestrated. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's and and that's but it doesn't feel orchestrated. It feels organic. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. it you can tell there was a lot of like careful, deliberate moves but they do it without too much exposition they do it without you know like we were talking about burnt a long time ago which is like all exposition Um, just the worst the worst they they let the story happen through the dialogue and through um the actions of the characters as opposed to telling me they they show me and i think yeah i I appreciate that it's a move the first half of the actually more i think the entire movie is about subtext yeah every scene is not about what they're saying it's about what they're not saying right you know right like we'll get into it actually we can, we well, can actually yeah. let's just let's just dive in let's just let's dive in. right in yeah yeah all right so that was our uh, initial thoughts and now we will go through the movie and examine it based on the food in it starting at minute 11 awesome scene the restaurant scene yeah who pays the bill yeah one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever had to watch. Yeah. Also amazing. Yeah. What were your thoughts in the restaurants? What would you have done in that in that situation where there's this weird unspoken thing between the two of them as far as the bill goes? Like who makes more money? Who doesn't make more money? Who gets to pay the bill? Who's who? Who's who? This like this weird game between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, paying the bill is like a. This is like a great example of them showing, not telling. Yeah. Like they could have easily just come out and said, yeah, paying the bill is a really, you know, awkward moment in society for everyone. Yeah. So like I, I grew up when I, the way I grew up and I don't know if this is a Jewish thing or not, but my dad and other dads, like if we were out with family friends or out with his brother or, or, you know, a relative, there was always a battle to pay the bill. 
like a wrestling match almost. Yeah, and and they would they would do these underhanded tricks where yeah. you know my dad would get up to go to the bathroom and like prepay the bill. Yeah, and, and, and I've done that. I've done. Oh, that. and I and I do it now too. And my friends are like, "Why are you such a dick?" Like, yeah, why I do know. You do it's this? horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, but there's two things. I find when the bill comes to the table, it's always very awkward. Extremely awkward. And when I get anxiety during the meal about yeah, it. Yeah. It makes me so anxious. And yeah. when when people are like, oh, we'll split it. And now I have to sit and be like, well, you had three glasses of Chardonnay and, you know, two champagnes. So break out your calculator, which you just look like a complete putz kill me now for me it's like it's easier just to take the financial hit Mm -hmm. than to live in that moment for any amount of time i will pay any amount of money to avoid that awkwardness to just get out of that moment because i hate that moment i have friends like you get the next one you get the next one you know yeah yeah and she says it a few times it it all evens out in the end which it never does because there's always one guy who's like yeah i'm gonna take advantage of this and get a free dinner um, mm-hmm. And I, I respect that guy, right? I have a lot of respect for that guy because sure. that person knows to just step out of the way and let the let me just do what I got to do to get out of this scenario, oh, right? It's, it, it's an escape. It's a virtual escape room. Like it's an imaginary escape room, I think. Yeah. Like we need to get out of this weird social transaction as quickly and as cleanly as possible so that we can go home and cry into our pillows, you know? Yeah. It's not the fun part of the meal. It's the worst part of the meal. It's, it's the worst part of life for the most part. I yeah, think. it's not a good part of the meal. And then add in the dynamic of a couple. Now, my wife and I hot don't couple have, too. Very yeah, hot very couple. hot couple. My yeah. wife and I, you know, we're married. So if I pay for it or she pays for it, it's still our money. So it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. But when we were dating early on, kind of, yeah, I paid. Yeah, like, and it had nothing to do with I make more money or anything like that. I just it goes back to, I don't want to have that conversation with you, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to do this. Yeah, and, and it worked. You got married to her. Yeah, it was perfect. Everything yeah. was perfect. And she and she now knows. And this isn't male-female, because he brings that up in this. Well, it, it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah. I, I, I do disagree with you on that one. Okay. All right. Yeah. But she would pay. I don't my, know if you would. <laughs> my wife? She seemed... Oh, sorry. No, uh, the, the lady oh, in the... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I'm, talk, yeah. I'm talking about my wife. Between my wife and I, it was never male-female. It was okay. It yeah. was always just like, I hate this. Let me get out mm-hmm. of this mess. Like, that's always okay. why I do it. I didn't do it because it's like, oh, I'm I'm the man. So blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But in this, it's, it's very... But he... I, I don't believe... So I do disagree. I believe he brings up the male-female thing. Because he's cheap, I think they're at they're kind of young, and I do believe it's one of those deals where you're at that stage in life where you're kind of questioning moral and societal values and norms. Yeah, I feel like an older yeah. dude be like, "I got it." A younger yeah. dude, he starts getting this whole conversation. This is a young person, young hot person type exchange they're kind of having here. I think. Yeah, yeah. And they are, I mean, we don't know it yet, but we suspect that they are influencers. Yeah. She's on her phone yeah. the whole time. And yeah, yeah. um, and he's, you know, they're not even having an interaction. Like, they're just two young, hot people at a restaurant in their own worlds, which yeah. is like a really nice, I, it really set up the story for me. Just even their body language. And I go out with my wife 
And we, whenever we're out for dinner, we barely use our phones. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to, uh, yesterday we were out for dinner. I texted you briefly, but then I was like, I, I shut it down and put, put my phone away because I was like, let's do this at 10 a.m. Okay, cool. Done. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that was when my wife's attention was elsewhere anyway. Okay, good. Because I don't want to make your wife mad. No, no, like, I think she, I've uh, annoyed her enough with the tracksuits. So, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a very good dynamic. And I see it at restaurants now with younger people who are just sitting there, like, they're not even talking to each other. They're just mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. doing that. Absurd. Bro, <laughs> I, I love people watching at restaurants. Oh, I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah. I, lo I love seeing the people you can tell, oh, they're on a first date. Oh, they're on a second date. Or they're on a, they're on a Tinder date. Yeah. Like, I that can, couple's been together for 10 years. You know, yeah. like I can I call out a, it. I can call out a Tinder date all day. Like I, oh, I yeah. you know exactly what it is. You don't have to hear them. You can just see their body language and you yeah. know. And yeah. you, and you just watch it go sideways. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you wish... can just see them like the body language is forward, then it's towards the end, it's like back. Yeah. You know? It's like And the guy and the guy is just hanging on for dear life. Like, I just gotta get her home and this could work. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just yeah. trying he's just trying every tactic in, in his in his like small playbook. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, it starts off with two people like standing on an escalator going up, and then it turns into She's standing, but now the es his escalator stops, so he has to walk. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> his escalator starts going the other way, so he's running, he's running to, to keep up with her. And she's just on her phone, just standing there. And he's just like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But he knows if he stops running, it's over. Like, he'll yeah. just like. <laughs> yeah. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find it fascinating. But um, back to Triangle of Sadness. Great initial use of food. Well, not food, but a dinner setting, I felt like. Yeah. Um. So it, it moves from there onto a cruise ship, which this cruise ship experience, I mean, from everything I've observed about humanity is very accurate. Everything that goes on here. Every, um, yeah. Every person is is very well orchestrated. The the, the crew of people or the, like the motley crew of people they've put together yeah. is very accurate. It's such a, a, a model of society as a yeah, whole. Well, it's a, yeah, you're right. There are different tiers. Yeah. And, and one of the, my favorite scenes, and we're, I'm going to skip ahead for a second, is, well, two scenes that really paint this picture. You get um, when the chief stewardess is like talking to the other stewards on the boat, and they're like, Marty, get Marty. They're doing yeah. that chant. Yeah. That's the middle class. Yep. There's a lower class that you oh, don't yeah. see until it all goes to shit after dinner. Yeah. Literally. And, they, and, yeah. and they come out and they just have to like clean and they're not even getting the money. They're not that, even acknowledged by anyone. Yeah. They're just they're, kinda, yeah. They are the bottom rung. And then the, the highest rung obviously are the, you know, the, yeah. guest, the guests. It's basically the guests are the rich people in society. Yeah, the 1%. Who, who who don't really do anything, and they're just focused on leisure. Yeah. And they truly believe this entire experience of life is made to um, accommodate their, 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 their whims. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Then like you've got the captain who is like, 
he's the gov he's the head of the government of this society he's kind of in charge but he's really working for the the rich people you know right right he's he's running everything but he's really kind of beholden to them he's kind of a figurehead he's like the president you know yeah they bring him out parade him around and then they put him back in his room yeah yeah and then you have the people who are doing a lot of the higher level work and then the people who are doing the crap work and it it's i mean it was fairly accurate as far as i can tell um, yeah and and here's the thing there there is that thing with uh the hot the higher class elites where they will let you in if you're really good looking you right. know <laughs> they you will get to well, the party if you're good looking you, you become know? part of them in like you the the Be- models because, because beauty is a currency i do right believe. exactly so. And the models don't have enough money to actually be on this cruise. They're on this cruise because they're influencers. And the and the the, uh, the Russian fellow says that at yeah. one point. Like, yeah, he's a great character. Oh, amazing! He's one of my amazing. favorite characters. Yeah. So let's get let's get into that though. At uh, minute thirty five, it's the first dinner scene, which is a phenomenal. Just overall, you get the landscape of the characters in there. Everyone's yeah. eating dinner. Yeah. Yaya, the model, is posing with some carbonara for her Instagram feed. Ugly old Russian dude sparks a conversation with her about being an influencer. He asks if she's going to eat it. And she says, no, she's an influencer. The old Russian dude, perfectly cast, perfectly yeah. cast. And he says, you'll, they ask him what he does. And he says, uh, I don't know how to say this without cursing. Uh, he, he sells crap, a.k.a. fertilizer. But he yeah. doesn't say crap. He uses the S word. So from the experiences I've had in social situations, when I've when, when you meet rich people, like they go through the gamut of all the types of rich people you meet. You meet these guys who are basically scrappy dudes who probably never finished high school, but they're just so scrappy and yeah. they will just figure out ways that no one else could possibly figure out to make money. Yeah. This guy, obviously fertilizer and they're rich, extremely rich, very smart, but their manners are not at the level of the other kind of like more educated couple more generations of richness. So I've seen these guys all over the place. This is a brand of rich dude yeah. who just got there by pure scrappiness in some kind of weird industry no one's ever heard of, you know, like like in, in our agency, we there was there was a young lady whose family got rich from uh, porta potties. Do you remember her? Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. They're like like they, the guy they, who started it, her grandfather was probably like this Russian guy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's, yeah. you know, that's how that, that's how, but that's a generational thing too. Like mm-hmm. in our, our generation and younger, I feel like we're going to see less of that with regards to like, I sell textiles that are only used in, you know, horse uh, husbandry. Like yeah, the, you know, like yeah. I, I, I was, the, I invented the fake horse vagina, right? Like right. The, the, that, right. that's no longer now. The that ingenuity comes in the form of some sort of digital. Uh, I came up with cryptocurrency, or I, y- y- you know what I mean. Well, well we're going to get into that, but I, I, I do have to say there is dirty industries out there. Like oh, yeah. everyone has to crap. You know what I mean? Everyone has to. Someone has to deal with toxic waste. Someone has to deal with the waste of in, industrial waste. There yeah. are people who are going to make fortunes off that stuff yeah. that are not the Ivy League types. These are scrappy, you know, 
uh, Russian, you know, dudes who, who, who are extremely smart, but never had the entree of the elites. Right. So they make their right. money doing the crap, literally, that the elites don't want to do. But they're still rich, though. They're still yeah. on the boat, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, the, and definitely they made he's perfectly cast because he's also perfect, uh, like so ugly. Yeah. Like he's yeah. got, he's got nothing. He's just this ugly dude. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's somewhat educated, but cause he does start. I, I don't think he's educated. I think he's just really smart. He's self-educated yeah. and a very smart guy. Yeah. You know? And, but he, I, he loves capitalism. Yeah. For at least at this point in the movie, he's, he, he goes socialist pretty quick down the line. But yeah. um, he loves capitalism right now, and it's but it's it's clearly a, a front, mm-hmm. right? It's a facade. Because yeah, we'll see as, yeah. as it goes. But at minute at minute forty, one of the most horrifying. We're talking about small talk and the horrors of, of small talk. Oh. Minute forty, sad rich tech guy, nerd guy, at the bar, yeah, by himself, and they're observing him trying to get laid you know there's some ladies over at the bar he's sitting by himself and he's trying to figure out how to talk to them and in a real sad kind of moment he asks them to take his picture just trying to break the ice yeah and then and then at another point he's like i want to buy you rolexes you know and he's like i'm rich let's just say what it is and i'm like oh god i've seen this guy too i've seen this guy too oh yeah the, the tech nerd super rich guy who just He's not cool. He's not suave, but he's rich. He lacks just the social. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that magic secret sauce that makes you um, approachable or even because yeah. he doesn't need it. That's he, no, he's always just been brilliant in that regard yeah. to, with tech. He, he's like a 50 year old Zuckerberg type. Yeah. You know, yeah. just this weird semi-autistic dude who's like incredibly smart at tech stuff and got a lot of money. But man, does he not have any game whatsoever? No, you know, no. Oh, that was horrible to watch. That was horrible. to watch. Great scene. And there is a lot of good small talk in this movie, uh, like a lot of really <laughs> awkward small talk when um, at the dinner, when the I think it's the British, <laughs> the British arms dealers. Oh, yeah, um, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. But when they're talking to that woman who's had a stroke and can only say like "der Vulcan" or whatever, like, yeah, that is just a great awkward moment. Oh God, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, but all this, all these conversations happening over dinner, and I mean, I, I've been in these conversations. I've talked to these people, and it's so accurate the depictions. And he did apparently he did a lot of research, and he talked to a lot of people. The, the different kinds of rich people, the accuracy is incredible. Yeah. You know? Uh, so one hour in, the captain's dinner, I think this is probably your favorite entire, uh, like, set piece of the entire movie. It, it, it takes off. Uh, quickly, just to get it out of the way, we're going to do a burger. Mm-hmm. The captain's dinner burger. Yeah. Um, so that's the recipe I will throw up. Uh Throw into I won't throw. <laughs> I well, will that's throw. at minute one oh one one oh eight is where that comes in. Yeah, I just want to get it out of the way so that we can really just sink our teeth into this scene. <laughs> right, but at minute one oh four, as you were mentioning before, uh, there's a dinner scene uh, with this with the a couple who is in arms. They they run an arms business, oh so God. they they sell weapons, hand grenades. Basically. Sweet ultimate bait and switch. This sweet old British couple 
And then they just, they do the most horrible, they've made their money in the most just atrocious way. Hand, hand grenades and landmines, and they're eating black caviar. Oysters with black caviar. And they sell hand grenades and landmines. And they discuss how the business wasn't doing so well for a little while. There, there was an issue with it. And they get so sad. Yeah. Like, they're so removed that and they're so rich that when the business kind of dips a little bit even though their business is literally killing people they get kind of like it's, they feel like they're hurt by it the business right. going down yeah we didn't make as as many tens of millions as we usually do it was tough it was tough it was you a know? hard time for us i've seen that couple i've seen those people too i've seen them too i've talked to these people you know and it's usually the conversation is you know they, they make a lot of money and then they're like but then this new government came in and there's taxing the crap. And I mean, it's not fair. And they're so incensed yeah. that they're making a little less money. Yeah. The, gre the greed at the highest level is something almost impossible to understand unless you've actually talked to these people and, 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 and felt like it. I mean, oh, you absolutely. went to private school. You have friends who are rich, right? I'm sure you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't I mean, I don't think I have friends in this echelon of wealth. But, mm. um, you know, definitely you see that and you see it in mainstream media, too. Like, oh, yeah. People like Trump do anything they can to avoid getting taxed or to avoid, you know, it's theirs. It's like they're the haves and the have nots. And what, what's perfect about this British couple is that when their business is bad, society is better. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. people aren't killing each other. Yeah. But they're, they take it as it, it's a hard time, Ugh. which is, it's just so perfectly orchestrated that couple. Uh, and then what happens to them is just hilarious. So, well, I <laughs> love the Russian. I will definitely hang out with the Russian rich guy before I'll ever hang out with these. Oh, people. absolutely. Absolutely. The Russian guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like he says it right out. I sell crap. That's what I do. Yeah. And he's so happy about it. These people, they, oh God, they're just the worst. The, the, just... the Russian guy's living his best life. Like he's got the wife. Yeah. He brought yeah. his wife and his girlfriend on that cruise with him. Bowler. Like that's, that, I believe that's what he did. Because the two girls who were at the bar that the tech guy was trying to hit on, that blonde mm -hmm. was the Russian guy's girlfriend from what I thought. Because mm -hmm. she comes mm -hmm. over at one point and talks to him or he kisses her in front of his wife. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, uh, he's just, he doesn't care. He does not care. Well, here's the thing. They're both rich, but yeah. the Russian guy has a much more accurate um, perspective on society. Right. Than these arms dealers do. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he gets the game from the bottom all the way. He's seen every strata, strata of society. He knows right. what every everyone's doing. He knows how everyone thinks. You know? Right. Right. Absolutely. And he, yeah, you're right. Cause he came up from literally from crap mm -hmm. to, so he's probably been at the bottom mm -hmm. and worked his way up. Um, and which, he's seen every type of person on the way up too, you know, yeah, like he but knows now, what they're about. But now that he's up, he, I don't know. We'll see as it goes on kind of how he, he's a good barometer for what's happening actually. Yeah. Yeah. So at minute one Oh six, this is more of the food porn uh, parts of the film. Yeah. So I want to get your opinion about this. They're 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 serving out the dinner. So at, at one point they serve sea urchin, which with an emulsion of seaweed. On top you've got black truffle, caviar, 
chili oil, and a drizzle of yuzu vinaigrette. What are your thoughts on that meal? Do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, it sounds... Per- so, <laughs> the food in, the, in this dinner, this captain's dinner, is specifically designed to... Because it all goes to hell, mm-hmm. and, and they all start throwing up. It's specifically designed to make you, the viewer, feel sick about what you're watching. Right? It's heavy <laughs> seafood. It's rich yeah. sea urchin with spicy chili oil. That I mean, to me, yuzu, it sounds like a typical Michelin star type dish. Right. And it's probably, you know, if we sat and actually made it, I'm sure it would be very well balanced, Mm. Uh, probably Mm -hmm. expensive as crap to make and probably very technical, but it sounds well balanced. I mean, Yuzu has that kind of like sweet tart texture taste. And then the sea urchin has that buttery and the the caviar or whatever else was it. And the chili. Black truffle caviar. Black truffle caviar. Black truffle caviar, chili oil. Yeah. Drizzle of Yuzu vinaigrette. So there's the seaweed. The umami from the truffle and the, you know, it sounds like a very interesting dish that probably is, was put together by somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, they knew what they were doing in serving it because, as we're about to see, it's going to get thrown up everywhere. And so it, it makes that scene so much more disgusting. Right. And I want to ask you about 107. There was... The, the British couple you mentioned, I wasn't sure what she, he was eating like a red snapper. Yeah. And she had some kind of like clear gelatin blob. Did you know what that was? I, I, I had no, I, I had no idea what even that he was, I think they, excuse me, they called out that he was eating the red snapper. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what she was eating. I tried to look in, like I paused it to try and see, but it looked like some sort of seafood gelatin thing, like, which mm. also, pretty gross yeah. um I, I yeah i don't know okay well this this is the scene you were mentioning before the captain's table at 108 he gets a hamburger and fries yeah. and the rich tech guy is next to him who gets a grilled and smoked octopus along with caramelized onions on top beautiful garden flowers and the captain awkwardly says i'm not a fan of fine dining he says yeah. and the guy the tech dude is looking at him like you just like grossed out by like how you peasant, what are you eating? And the captain actually right. says, are you okay? And the tech dude just kind of shakes his head. I'm not sure what the head shake meant. Was he was he shaking his head like, you're a peasant? Or was he shaking his head like, I messed up and I really want that burger? I wasn't sure. I think, I think he's shaking his head because he's seasick. Oh, okay. Like, I think he's, they're all, it's starting to build already. And then mm-hmm. you can see it in the way the camera work was done. Even my my wife, when she watched it, she's like, "I have to stop watching this. I'm getting, she's getting seasick. I'm getting seasick." And it starts like as soon as everyone comes into dinner, it, everything kind of starts like they really play up the and the, the even just the effect on the window, the water hitting the window. It's like it's it, it's building. Mm-hmm. Like the scene builds perfectly, and you know where it's going. You know yeah. exactly where it's going until it goes further than where you think it's going. Um, and I, I love that the captain, the, the juxtaposition of the captain's meal with the tech guy's meal is a very clear symbol of their personal politics towards yeah. Uh, econ- economics. Yeah. The, the captain, captain is a working class guy. Yeah. Burgers are delicious. Fries are delicious. I'm going to eat this. The tech guy 
he's on vacation and he is compelled or feels it necessary to eat something really bougie. Yep. And the captain shows no, uh, he, he does not feel any need to conform or no. make this man feel comfortable by eating something similar. Yeah. He is very steadfast in his, in his, in his, um, in what philosophies of economics. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, that becomes very self-evident as he gets more and more drunk, but also I, he, he's a sea captain. Yeah. So, the, so any of the, you know, the turbulence that they're experiencing, he doesn't care about. No. Right. Cause he's been, he's seen it before. And also the people that work on the boat all seem to be handling it well. So only high society is affected by the, these rough waters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think the burger is his way of saying F you to everybody. Yeah. Like, yes, I have to be here at this dinner. Yes, I have to make awful small talk with you. But you know what? I'm having a burger. F all of you. Yeah. And he and he, and he wears that kind of energy about him. He has F you energy. He, you can tell he really despises these people. Yeah. And the fact that he has to co-mingle with them. He's also so, he's also a, a very big alcoholic. Right. Like, I, th- I think that's a reflection of his of where his life has taken him. Yeah. Right? Of just like he's he's basically a. You know, a dancing monkey for these rich people. Yeah. Right? And he knows it and he's really having a hard time spiritually with it, which is where the alcohol comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I like it how his second in command is basically running the show. Yeah. That guy's that guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So is, is your burger gonna be the captain's FU burger? Yeah, let's call it the captain's FU burger. All right. All right. So as you mentioned, everyone who's rich gets sick. They're they're all puking all over the place, and so one of the the head uh, the the head uh, I guess concierge starts mm-hmm. handing out ginger candies yeah. for sickness. Captain walks out. Everyone else is just like hunched over. Captain walks out, just like swaggers out, just like eh, whatever. I've I've done this before. Let these people puke. I don't really care. So yeah. that was interesting. Uh, but the only one left who is not puking their guts out is the crap seller, Russian guy, yeah. who stays in the dining room with the captain, and they engage in a uh, a competition of quotes. And the captain is quoting things from Karl Marx and things from socialist economics, and the crap selling Russian is quoting things benefiting capitalism so right. you see the standoff between these two men's and, and between these two men and their philosophies on uh, on economics just as the world around them is completely falling apart <laughs> yeah yeah they couldn't they couldn't care less they're just like but it, it was an interesting engagement as far as uh demonstrating the different views on how different people view economics i think yeah um okay what is, what what is the purpose of the uh, the German lady with the stroke? With the stroke, did you know, she the one choke that on she, something? She's but she's in the whole picture, mm-hmm. and they explain to her like she has a stroke, and so she can only say she only says like "Wind der Wolken" or whatever, like in the clouds, is what she oh. says in German. Right, I didn't. I didn't and the British people like, oh, that's lovely. Like it was just <laughs> that weird small talk. But she, I don't, I don't really know what her, other than to provide some really dark comic relief throughout the movie. I don't really know what her purpose is. I loved her. I did one of my favorite characters, but yeah. I no idea what her. 
I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. She's I, I, completely I, I, just along for the ride in this movie. Yeah, I guess so. I, it possibly could be the fact that, you know, she's a rich person, but she's really useless. Yeah, so, she's completely useless. So in this society, it usefulness doesn't really matter as long as you have money, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the 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 guy who I I still don't know if he is one of the pirates because the boat gets pirated, right? Mm-hmm. The pirates come on, and that's the great scene with the British couple. They're like, "Oh, that's one of our grenades!" <laughs> <laughs> Boo, <laughs> which was great. Um, yeah. But the 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 one guy he he either worked in the engine room, and, but the Russian guy keeps accusing him of being a pirate because he's black. Oh, right. Right. right yeah. yeah. So I don't know where, where he fits into the mix, but all of a sudden they're all like any of the societal hierarchy is gone. Gone. Completely gone in one Obl- fell swoop. Obliterated. And the chief stew, she's attempting to she's attempting to keep the order. Yeah. But it, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. So we went from the on the boat. We went from a society where the most useless people are at the highest right are at the at the at the most um they're at the top of society right and the people who are actually doing things the most useful things the most necessary things are at right. the lowest part of society right you know? and so then you get to the island and all of a sudden every the board has been reset like it's the monopoly board has now been reset yeah so we're starting from scratch here and at 138 uh there's an octopus dinner which the octopus is caught by the lady who was in charge of the toilets. Who yeah, the never, toilet. I, I didn't even notice her before. You know? the, so she's in the scene where they're all cleaning up the, the puke and crap yeah. in the yeah. dining room. And there's the player piano still going. And she turns off the piano. Um, right. She's in that scene. But she's kind of like, honestly, they did that so well that the lower, the lowest cast in society is almost like never seen nor heard. I, I right. never they, even knew she was there. Yeah. They make they make the world go around. They yeah. make that little floating world go around. Yeah. Literally cleaning up the poop. But um they're just very they're they're part of the furniture. Right? Right. And, and, and now, so now when they're on the island, sorry, go ahead, sir. No, go. When they're on the island, this is when the move the food becomes extremely important. This this turns into a food movie at this point. It's a currency, yeah. It is a currency. So they they have no food, and they at the, the only person who can acquire food this this is the woman who is in charge of the toilets. Right. She grabs an octopus, um, and then is able to make a fire and cook the octopus. Right. And then she keeps half the octopus for herself, yeah, and the great. other half go, is divided amongst the people. <laughs> and they have a very heavy-handed social commentary on socialism and distribution of wealth. I think. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, so you go from there is definitely the two worlds that we've been living in. The first world being the boat, which is very Mm. capitalist kind of uh, trickle down society or not even trickle down. It's it's just a very like it's just a very firm hierarchy. It's like it's been set rigid capitalist society um, where each is not according to their means. Right. Or their 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 what they receive is not based entirely on their merit, what they yes. bring to the table, their output. Yeah, right. But now we're in a society where you 
you know, it, it, the wealth should be distributed based on who's working the hardest. So right. it's like that utopian communist society. Um, yeah. But it, it also makes a commentary that that power is very corruptive, right? It corrupts yep. because she's like, no, I did all the work. So I, I'm wealthier than you now. And then it Which- gets even, it gets even worse. <laughs> Which is what every rich person says to justify not paying taxes. I did this work. I won this game. I'm smarter than everyone else. I worked harder than everyone else. Why should I pay these taxes? She says the exact same thing. I I caught the octopus. I made the fire. I'm giving you half. Be happy with what I give you. you Absolutely. And this is an exploration of why communism always fails. Mm -hmm. Like it totally is. they're, They're actually like very blunt about it. Yeah. Because she starts to, as it goes on, she starts to use her wealth to get sex, sexual favors from the the good looking people, you know, this, that and the other. Uh, We'll Well, get there. Well, she says in the octopus when she's giving it out, she literally like they they want some of her octopus. Like she she doesn't give out enough, given enough octopus to everyone else. She's hoarding octopus for herself. Yeah. And so... The the main concierge is just trying to say, no, we're all in it together, you know? Now, all of a sudden, they're in it together. Before right. on the boat, it was like, no, you clean the toilets. Yeah. We do nothing. Yeah. You know, that's the way it is. That's how that's what you deserve. But yeah. now that the board has been reset, everyone's like, no, no, no. We're in together, man. We're in together. Yeah. Let's just be together. And she's like, oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm the captain now. Yeah, yeah. Who and am, then she gives you a high. Who am yeah. I? Except for the German stroke lady. <laughs> Mm, they mm. just keep giving her because she's you know she has a disability yeah so they they keep just bringing her along except except for when they're in the the first night this is like i'm obsessed with this german lady by the way mm-hmm. the okay. first night they're all in the raft in the woods and there's that noise that like mm-hmm. animal and they all bail out and they leave her alone in the raft in the woods with whatever the heck that animal is and she's yelling oh can and they just like shut her out. Yeah. And so it's Lord of the Flies, man. It's yeah, like everyone, everyone for they themselves. Just, they're like, we're going to leave her to die because. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but, but the octopus, who am I seen? Is great. W- w- incredible use of food. Yeah. Perfect use of food to show, to set Power. the stage for what's happening next. And you see it also when we, before the octopus scene, when they find her in the lifeboat. Mm-hmm. Which is shelter too, which is other mm-hmm. basic human needs that she controls. Yeah. Um, this chief stewardess is like, get the water quickly. She's bossing her around, and she initially she's subservient. Mm-hmm. She said, "Oh, okay, oh, okay." And then all of a sudden, she gives all the water and the Evian spray and the and the chips out to the crew, and they all consume it immediately. Yeah, they yeah. don't they don't care. They're just like, I'm consuming this. But then she sees that kind of going down and she sees her, she's losing her power. So she takes a bunch of pretzels, those pretzels and shoves them in her bag. Yeah. And those pretzels become currency as well. All the food becomes currency. And the only one who can get food is the lowest level of the, of society that was on the ship. Right. Has now risen to the top. She has so much power. And she begins acting like they were acting. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, and then at at one forty four, the fat Russian guy is now quoting Karl Marx. Before he was yeah. quoting capitalists, now yeah. he's quoting Karl Marx. He says each according to his uh, abilities or whatever, right? That yes, which I think this is why I love this guy. 
Because yeah. he, whatever situation this guy is in, he will figure it out. You know, he, he will adapt. He'll manipulate his way into whatever, like into benefit. Yeah, um, you can tell this guy really came from the streets because he's just trying to figure it out. Like he will, whatever a, it is, he will figure it out. You know. Yeah, he's a survivor. Yeah, as so a one forty-seven, the uh, the two dudes steal the pretzels. Yeah, along with the lady. <sighs> and uh, that is not a good thing. They stole the pretzels. They stole. And one thing in life that I'm sure of, you never steal money from rich people. That is a no-no. You will definitely go to jail if you steal money yeah. from... The The only time rich people go to jail is if they steal money from other rich people. Right, yeah. That's That's it. a big issue. But mm-hmm. anything else, it's like slap on the wrist. Yeah, and so these pretzels become currency, and they're the, the dudes test her. They're like, we're just going to take a few. We're going to steal a few. Yeah. You know? And then they eat the whole thing, and then yeah. she is not happy. She cuts them out. She yeah. says, oh, you're going to steal from me? You're in jail now. You're in exile. Go over there. Yeah. 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 Except for, once again, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep bringing it back. The mm. German lady gets no heat for that. And she, she was eating. Yeah. She yeah. was eating the pretzels all time. She's so ineffectual to them that they're like, eh, she can't, you know, she can't well, do anything. <laughs> I, I like that because it shows that in both societies, there is a social safety net. If you really are disabled and can't take care of yourself, yeah. the tribe will take care of you to an extent. Yeah. You know? Until, they're not going to endanger themselves if there's a beast. Yeah. We'll feed you. We'll, you know. You know yeah, we'll keep you, we'll keep you alive, even though you're yeah. kind of dead weight. Um, mm-hmm. Which I'm not saying that about disabled people. I'm just saying she was dead weight. Um, <laughs> like she was literally like just, she had to be carted around in the in the, the raft and even down the line like she, she has a chance to, to end this and she can't exactly exactly oh the food the food in the second half of this movie is it's the great. use of it is just, just incredible use of food perfect because it's a survival you know it's a basic need now and as we mentioned before in both societies on the boat and on the island attractiveness Gets you entree into the upper echelon. Yeah, it moves you. It moves you ahead because now yeah. she, she likes the model. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts liking her because she's providing resources. Yeah. He starts tricking himself into being like, no, I like this lady. You know, she he treats me well. To, and... He kind of falls in love, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. let's just tell everyone. Like, he's cool with it. Like, no, I do like you, actually. Yeah. You know? so And it's a, it's a great scene when they're having that conversation because... As food as currency, she has an Evian spray bottle, and mm-hmm. she's so rich at this point. She's so in command and so rich that she sprays some in her mouth, sprays some in his mouth, and then sprays yeah. it on them before yeah. they have sex. So that's basically like me rubbing money on myself. I know. It's, I know. <laughs> it's like, just I'm going to spray you with Cristal, and then I'm going to lick it off you. you yeah, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so cleverly done. The 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 reverse, the the switch in society is how they did this. And I didn't see it coming either. I don't think they mentioned it in the trailer. So No. I, and then and then the lifeboat, the shelter in the lifeboat, that becomes the mansion. That becomes the castle. Yeah. The king is the queen is in the castle. Yeah. She decides who comes in there. Everyone else, you stay outside. Yeah, you you know, ma- you, ma- you you manage the fire. Yeah, you manage the fire. That's what yeah. you're there for. Yeah. Uh, and at 153 the ladies, she's she's caught some fish, and then the crap seller is like, uh, "Hey, ladies, you need some help." And the model, Yaya, says, "Yeah, sure, get some Nutella." 
Yeah. You forget that early on, they brought Nutella on the boat specifically for him. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. now he's being mocked for his love of Nutella. Yeah. You know? And he basically realizes that, and, and he, a few times, kind of, he loses his power of, like, currency. Like, the two, him and the, the tech guy, at one point, were like, we're very rich men. Yeah. When we get out of here, we can make your life very good. And yeah. she, she's like, I don't know if we're going to get out of here. Yep. That's not that's not what's happening right now, mm-hmm. and so they have mm-hmm. no their money is nothing. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and then at one fifty three. Oh, sorry, one fifty seven. We love bookending food scenes, don't we, Jer? Yes, we do. The scene with the hot couple, the Instagram model couple, arguing about the pretzels and who gets to eat them. Yeah, it's the exact same scene as the dinner scene before. Yeah, but now it's with these crappy stale pretzels, which they're hoarding like a couple of crack addicts. Yeah, and they're using the exact same language. You know, why should you get the pretzels? You know, I I did the I did this work. I'm you know whatever whatever. What uh, just just a great little connection connecting scene there from the beginning to the end. I thought yeah, unbelievable. And then at two o five, the donkey feast. <laughs> <laughs> the donkey killing scene yeah. was unreal. Brutal. <laughs> like, it's just like you feel the donkey's pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the tech guy who does it, right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's and he's all of a sudden he's a big hero. He's he he slayed the donkey and he's telling the story. And it's the most like it was the most unmanly way to kill a donkey i've ever seen oh and this is one of the most unmanly dudes out there all he does is look at a screen and write code all day now he has to literally kill an animal to eat it yeah absolutely brutal yeah and then eventually you know spoilers whatever they realize that they're on a a inhabited island with a resort and yaya the supermodel and um oh i forget the lady's name who's the queen basically of the island who used to be in charge of the toilets they are initially they're they're they have a, a they're very happy that they've found civilization and then at a certain point the queen is like oh no this is it's over it's over i'm not the queen anymore yeah. in her head but then she says no no don't go there yet let's just sit here and enjoy the moment right which is a bookending scene to earlier when one of the rich people basically forced one one of the um, ship hands, deckhand, very attractive deckhands, to get into a a um, what do you call it, hot tub with her, yeah, and orders her to enjoy the moment, right? And now she wants to enjoy the moment again, yeah, before they go back to their old lives. So, yeah. that, a lot of nice little bookending scenes in this movie, a lot of rhyming in this movie. I that rich cool. lady, I think, was the Russian's wife. Okay. Because she washes up dead and he takes her rings off. Yeah, that (laughs) Russian is ruthless, man. Yeah, but that's it, right? Like, he he will get ahead any way he can. That's a great, like, that was a great indicator of his character. Uh, Unbelievable. You put that dude anywhere, he will figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, that, just, just an incredible, incredibly constructed plot. An incredible social commentary, uh, beautifully done storytelling. Yeah. Um, so many things from the explaining the socio socioeconomic state state of the world and all the repercussions of it. 
and just, just uh human, just beautiful filmmaking man beautiful filmmaking human nature when it comes to having and have have haves and have nots like yeah you know holding on that, that that last scene where she's enjoy the moment and then she goes you know and they, they, they do that tight shot on her face with the rock and she's ready to kill this girl um and the girl's well, like, let's, let's talk about that do you think she kills her i don't think it matters it does matter I don't think it matters. Someone dies, man. I just, I think that, that it doesn't, it's not germane to the story in any way, shape and form of what happens to them. They're saved mm. either way, because uh, the the German lady met the sunglasses guy. Yeah. The Jamaican and, sunglasses guy. Yeah. And they've found the resort and the British guy's running. So it's over regardless of whether or not she kills yeah yeah or not that's actually true yeah it doesn't matter it's over like life is back to normal yeah but she's like she's that goes to like plato's allegory of the cave like Mm -hmm. she she her world is this Mm -hmm. she does not want it she doesn't even want to see beyond it no like the british couple who their world is this wealth and they choose not to they put blinders on when it comes to like even what they do Yes. Like their behavior, right? Yeah. So there's the, there's a lot of that kind of mirror in the two the yacht versus the beach, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you're right; it does show people really operate in separate worlds. Yeah, basically based on their socioeconomic level, right? And so she, the you know the queen, I forgot her name's like Karen or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but she sees that elevator. Which is interesting that it's an an arbitrary elevator, like to elevate you, yeah, back, back up to your social standing. Oh, that's very symbolic, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's I think it's deliberately symbolic, yeah. um, but um, she sees that and she doesn't want to get in because she knows mm-hmm. that that's actually not the case. She's going to go back to cleaning up poop. Well, yeah, exactly, and and I do know psychologically that uh, we are very psychologically tied to our status. Yeah. So even though in general, she was worse off being deserted, you know, having to sleep outside in a fire and catch her own, even though she was worse off and she's better off now where technically her life is better. It's easier. Yeah. She's, she's down below. She's, she's on the bottom now, right. which makes her feel terrible. Right. So it's, so basically your happiness is kind of equivalent to not your actual not what you actually have and the utility of what you actually have. It's based on your level of the people around you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, like us today, you know, everyone's got a phone. Everyone's got a smartphone. You know what I'm saying? The richest guy in the world in 1985 didn't have a smartphone. Probably would have paid $40 million for one. Oh yeah. If he could have, you know? So we, our stuff right now is immensely better than the stuff even 30, 40 years ago, but you know, like the, the dude living on the street has a phone is, is technically better off stuff wise than the, than the richest guy in the world in 85. Yeah. But he's, he's horribly miserable because his status is still low because everyone's got a phone. Right. Know? Right. So there's, yeah, status is a really interesting I mean, they definitely explored that at nauseum in this movie. Like uh, that's all there is to like, that's from the beginning to the end. Everyone has hierarchy and status, and they do. They do it even when they're paying the bill. 
that's a status mm-hmm. that's you know who's who does what who's so they build this hierarchy throughout and that's why it goes back to in the beginning where i was talking about the build of this movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it just yeah. keeps layering and layering and layering i love the f- opening scene with the models being introduced by the guy and mm-hmm. they were like okay do h&m you're happy Smile. you're yeah. you're happy you're poor yeah. you're happy and then okay no balenciaga Oh, you're so grumpy. Sad, you, grumpy. You grumpy. can't be part of this. We're you're, we're better than you. Like why that, do you think that? What, what what do you think that is? Why is the high fashion stuff grumpy face, and then the fast casual stuff smiley face? Well, I think it goes back to that loss, of, that potential of loss of status. Right. The mm-hmm. the queen was happy when she was in charge, even though she was in a terrible circumstance. So it's better to be the king of crap, yeah, than the crap cleaner at in a way better scenario, like exactly what right. you're talking about before. Like mm-hmm. I might, would much rather clean up poop on a yacht than be stranded on a desert Island and be in charge. Right. 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 Would but, you though? Wouldn't I, you, would you, do you think you would psychologically adapt just, uh, just unconsciously? Just do, uh, do you think our brains are programmed to just, uh, be, just status wise is everything, no matter what situation it is. Yeah. I don't know. Well, what what do you what do you what is your uh, do you ha- do you have a um, a, uh, a a belief as to economic ec- social economic policy like what what do where do you stand as far as capitalist socialism somewhere in between what are your thoughts I I mean I think it's the the lines are so blurred now I think if you were if you are a hundred percent a capitalist mm-hmm. and you don't believe in any social uh, spending whatsoever mm-hmm. like you you can't be that. Because there are no. so many, there are so many ways in which we benefit. Like specifically in Canada, Canada is a great example of of a, a very weird hybrid situation where it doesn't always work, and we we do pay a lot in taxes, uh, but we get a lot of benefit. Yeah. Right. Free healthcare. Um, whereas, and and people who, uh, like our German lady friend, are supported by other people. Yeah. Right. So there's that, that there's level. A safety net. Yeah. There's a safety net there for us, which is nice. So I, I kind of fall into uh, whatever we are in Canada, like a little bit socialist. Yeah. I, I believe that too. I really do think the middle is where it's at. Yeah. You know? Because we all, uh, we all benefit from the group. Yeah. You know, like I don't need to know how to build a smartphone. The group has figured that out. Right. I just have to buy it for a thousand dollars, which is extremely cheap. You know, yeah, or whatever it costs. I don't need to know how to build a car. The group has figured that out. Yeah, you know, the roads have been built by the group. The cities have been built by the group. There's a bunch of things we can only get done with the group. And I do think that uh, tax-wise, fifty-fifty is right. You take half, give the half to the tribe. You know? Yeah, I think that's probably why organically that the tax rate has kind of been around fifty percent, basically. You know. Yeah. And so, and but the thing is, is that you see, the wealthiest people, they hate taxes. Fifty percent of what they have yeah. is a lot more than fifty percent of what the poop cleaners have. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He was. Oh, I just like totally. So she, the queen, literally cleans poop. The Russian mm-hmm. guy started there sells yeah and it said so, sells poop mm-hmm. 
But yeah. I, I, I just, I, this movie, the more I think about it, the more like weird connections I make. Yeah, you gotta si- watch it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, which is a sign of a great movie. Like it's a sign Absolutely. of a great movie if you can sit and actually like in your mind play with it and and figure out what they were trying to say for hours on end. It's a sign mm. of a, a pretty good movie. Yeah, loved it. Should we get into the awards? Why not? Yeah. All right. Best use of food in this movie. It's got to be the octopus. <laughs> like, it's got to be the octopus. Because it also looked good. Like, it the did. way she cooked it, she put some fruit, coconut, or whatever in there. Yeah. It actually looked kind of good. Um it delicious. Yeah. So it's got to be... The, and I love octopus. Octopus is delicious. Although I've, I've heard recently that they're, like, super intelligent, so... Yeah, they are. They're kind of really smart. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of feel bad about that. But um, it's still... De- they're delicious. Um, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's got to be the octopus for me. I, I would say the same thing, but I can't. So I'm going to go with the, the dueling meals between the captain and the tech nerd. Yeah. Also great the, scene. Yeah. So what, what do we call the burger again? We called it the... Um, the the F.U. Captain's burger. F.U. Burger. Captain's yeah. F.U. Burger. Captain's F.U. Burger. Love a good burger with fries. It hits a spot every time. I love a burger. Yeah. Um, who would you most like to have dinner with in this movie? I feel like you and I are going to say the same thing. <laughs> but it's got to be the Russian guy. Yeah, I would love to. I would love, I would to. love to have dinner. And not because he's a father figure. Um, <laughs> he's a fun guy, man. That yeah, guy knows how to have a good time. But I'm going to give you, I'll give you the Russian guy. You okay, can, thank you. You can have dinner with him. Appreciate I want to have dinner with the German de Vulcan lady, the in the clouds lady. <laughs> really? I want to know. There's a scene with her and the pirate yeah. where, where they're playing backgammon on a rock. Mm. And he's having a conversation with her and she's yes or, mm-hmm, or no. And okay. he finds out something about her. Like, did, would you, I don't know. I forget the conversation because it was very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, she's not as as like she can only say the one phrase in the in the clouds but she's not as like i don't know disabled's not the word but she's not vacant right she 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 is intelligent yeah verbally her verbal skills have deteriorated she can't do it so there's something there and 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 i just like i want to learn more about her i think she was one of the most interesting characters in the whole thing because of how everyone else interacted with her she had a great vibe about her yeah and she was very funny Mm -hmm. great comedic timing saying the same thing over and over great great actress too who played that very tough to play yeah yeah great yeah communicates a lot with her energy and her physicality and her eyes oh so funny yeah (laughs) so let's get the ratings out here uh what do you rate this movie as a movie movie and as a food movie yeah as a movie it's a five for me um It's, I, I hate giving out perfect scores, but I have trouble finding anything in this movie I didn't like. Mm. Like there was, mm. it, it, it was just Five so, what's though? Five what's though? Five, uh, five pieces of octopus. Okay. Um, just kind of, it, there are movies where you watch and you're like, that was perfect. Yeah. Like I don't, I haven't, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Yes, it, it, they even ended it at the right time. Mm, yep. How about you as a movie? Movie, movie. Oh, food movie though. Oh, uh, what's your, what's your food movie is it's 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 also a five. 
Okay. Five, five uh, explosive diarrheas. It was explosive. I gotta go. I, I gotta agree with you. I think uh, as a movie, movie, five shoe polished tins of uh, Russian caviar, <laughs> and uh, as a food movie, five sea urchins with an emulsion of seaweed on top, uh, all around. Just, just. Extre- I love smart people doing, making smart, creative things. So yeah, I think it's just it was a. It was a, a great, from start to finish, I was enjoying myself and I was immersed. And, and also, I love that it's perfect for this exact time in history. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the, this, t- the date of this movie is very specific to when and how this movie is made and should be viewed. Like it's, it's, it's a little time capsule, I think, yeah. for future generations. There are very, there are very few movies that do that. That are the yeah. right for their time and place. Another one is uh, Wag the Dog. You ever see Wag the Dog? Yeah, Wag the Dog. That came out exactly around the Clinton scandal. It did, and yeah. it was perfect time and place. We yeah. should we should do that movie one time. I'm sure there's. Food we food. should. Oh, and, and as a series, the Rocky series. Yeah. Every one of those movies is specific to what movies were like at that time. Yeah. Like Rocky Three is the '80s, 100. You know? Right. Like Rocky is like exactly 1970, whatever three it was, yeah. you know, and then it, whenever the movie comes out is a reflection of how movies are at exa- that exact moment. So yeah. Rocky four, Rocky four. My, my least... That was like cynical nineties. He had to fight the guy in the street. No, know? that was five. It was five. That was, was five. four. Four was Dolph Lundgren. Oh, four was so Dolph four Lundgren. Was, yeah, four yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. Four was like cold. Three was Mr. T. Yeah. Four was cold war. Four was Cold War. You're yeah. right. The yeah. whole movie was a music video. Yeah. The whole thing. Three, yeah. three was Clubber Lang, Mr. T. Clubber Lang, yep. Two was Apollo Creed, the second fight. Rematch. Yep. And one was Apollo Creed, the first fight. So and then five was Tommy... Five uh, was Tommy, Tommy Gunn. Tommy Morrison. Tommy who Gunn. Who was an actual yeah. boxer. Yeah. Yeah. Who got arrested or something. Um, no, he died of AIDS, actually. Or died of AIDS, yeah. yeah. Same same difference. Um, yeah. Tommy, to, Tommy... It's funny because he... His wife... And his girlfriend, he he would he had a wife, but he would have mistresses. Yeah. And he would he would his he would make sure his mistress would have the same name as his wife, uh, so he wouldn't so he wouldn't f up. That's you know? uh, smart, very smart. Um, yeah. It's just messed up, but yeah. Just diabolical, yeah. Um, and Rocky Five is the closest to Rocky One in a lot of ways. Rocky because he's fallen was... for, with Tommy Gunn. He's fallen oh, and, from and, grace. and the girl and the girl from Rocky from Rocky. That he has the long talk with, the yeah. walk home. She's grown up in Rocky Five. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's yeah, and to, and to, but Tommy Gunn, they, it's the only one that doesn't end in a boxing match in a ring. Like they just have a street fight. Street fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's great. That was crazy. Yeah, we're just gonna fight in the street like a couple of animals. Yeah. God damn it! I I I have a soft spot for Rocky Five. Oh yeah, I uh, have a str- soft spot for Rocky Six. Okay, I, any one, any one of the modern ones, I don't think I've seen. To be honest, Rocky Six, I believe, was called Rocky Balboa. Yeah, I don't think I I've seen. That was pretty it. good. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, and Creed is interesting because it's sorry, Creed Two is a sequel to two movies. Yeah, it's a sequel to Creed and it's a sequel to Rocky Four. Yeah, and I don't like Rocky Four. In like Dolph Lundgren, everyone likes Rocky Four. I don't like Rocky Four. I don't think Rocky Four is in the spirit of Rocky. No, he does kind of go off the deep end with it's the an music out- video. It's an outlier. Like it's totally an outlier. Like it doesn't make sense to me. 
I kind of dig it. I like all the 80s music and the and the Cold War stuff. And I like the Russian that. training scenes. Those are great. That's some of the best scenes, you know? The, some, the, the juxtaposition of the scenes. Some of my favorite training scenes. Yeah. yeah. Not not as good as punching a slab of meat in a, in a, in a butchery. <laughs> yeah. But pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, this, this has gone off the rails. Uh, it really has. It really <laughs> has. Um, okay, so do you want to wrap it up? Or you have anything, any predictions for 2023 or anything like that? How do you want to end this thing? Uh, just let's uh, do it the way we always do it. I don't All right. Know. Well, I, don't, I have no predictions. Well, that was the Food and Movies podcast for the amazing film Triangle of Sadness. We highly recommend it. And we will see you next time where we're not sure what we're going to do next time, I believe. Uh, it will be surprising and delightful, as always. I'm your host, Paul. That's my friend, Jeremy. And uh, we'll talk to you later. See you later. Good job, Jer. All right.